Hey everybody, Matt Johnson here from Marathon of History, and on this week's podcast, I have a great guest. Joining me is Jody Seeley from the Meaford Museum, and the Meaford Museum is really one of those little hidden treasures. Um, you know, it's a, it's a smaller museum, and it is just so full of interesting history. I was just blown away when I was there. Uh, back in July, I actually, I hate to admit it, but I visited the Meaford Museum for the first time. And, and it's great. And the curator, Jody, who met me there, she is just a wealth of local history information. And just talking to her, you can really tell that she loves talking local history and, and loves uh, talking about everything to do with Meaford. So without me talking any further, I would like to introduce Jody Seeley. And thank you very much for being on the podcast today, Jody. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Let's start with a, a little bit of background about yourself. How did you get into being the curator at the Meaford Museum? I've been here just over 10 or 11 years now. And I originally was the children's librarian at the Meaford Library. And when I was working there, the curator that was originally here had left. So they had a vacancy and they asked me if I would step over because I'd had with my library background, I had done archives and hadn't worked in a museum, but I've done archives before. So they asked me if I would do a three-month leave to come over here and keep the doors open and keep things happening and then go back to my job. So I was like, why not? You know, sounds fun. Yep. Nobody gets an opportunity like that. So I'm like, sure. Came over and never left. <laughs> really, <laughs> basically is what happened. I loved it so much that I thought, never thought I would have left the children's library world. But um, yeah, so that's how I came over. So you must have, uh, like, you must have been interested in history then in order to jump at that opportunity. Like, it's not like you were like, oh, yeah. geez, history. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I think it was more so the people in the history, just the more that I learned about our area and how it came to be and the people that were making it. I just loved it. And we live in an old house here in Meaford. So we love the history of our house and love antiques and always grew up with my grandparents were from England. So they talked about all the war and the history and everything. So it was always a part of everything that was in life. Yeah, it really kind of expanded more when I came here. That's the thing about a lot of small communities around where we live. There is so much hidden history there. Like it's it's so, there's so much you don't see on the surface. And then uh, even, even I noticed when I was touring your museum, once you dig under that surface a bit, there's just so yes. much there. Absolutely. It's, I was fascinated. And I feel like even after like 11 years, I'm still learning new stuff about our area that is being uncovered and you just think how do we not know this like right it's just it's locked in people's minds and their brains right so until somebody actually starts telling the stories and start piecing the things together but and yeah. it's a constantly evolving process for sure so the, the history of the museum jody uh where the physical building actually is um what's the history of that building and has there always been a museum in meaford or um there wasn't a museum in meaford until 1961 the building that we're in was built in 1895 as the town's pumping house and then the utilities the town's utilities took it over i think early 1900s and then as of like 1940s the town had vacated the building it had just they'd outgrown it and it was in the late 1950s that the women's institute decided we needed a museum and so they spearheaded the project and in 1961 the building was converted and turned into the meaford museum okay and a lot of people nicknamed it as Grandpa's Closet because it was literally just <laughs> room that everybody just piled into and it was just filled walls to ceiling with all the artifacts, which 
was great. I mean, it was a start, right? They they did it. They opened the doors. They got the history in here. Yeah. The Singh family was very prominent in bringing a lot of their artifacts in to get it started. And then since then, the community has been stepping up and bringing in all their family heirlooms and artifacts and adding to it. And now 2023, we have an outdoor farm shed that was added onto it. They did um, an addition to the actual building. So our original town pump house building is still part of the museum, but they put an addition on to add more exhibit space. And so we have a lot more. We have four rooms that are huge. Everybody that comes in, they're all like, I didn't think it'd be this big from the outside. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like that, that's what I noticed too. I was like, wow, this is it just keeps going. <laughs> I know. And I don't know how to market that outside of the building other than to stand on the street going, just come on in and look. Like you'll be shocked. <laughs> like, you know, like the little secret here, but there's like it goes back. So Yeah. I feel like that could be uh, an upcoming ex exhibit there, the uh, Grandpa's Closet. Uh. Exactly. <laughs> I know. So yeah. what, when I visited uh, back in July, um, obviously, uh, you know, I walked along the water and, uh, and, and Meaford, you think of the water when you think of Meaford. But one thing we talked about in the museum is how the museum talks a little bit about the water, but Meaford is so much more than the water. And explain a little bit about how that, that is shown in the museum. Um, yeah, so a lot of people that come because we are situated right on the harbor, a lot of people think that we're a nautical museum, which we're not. We're a museum that is for the entire township, right, of Meaford. So that's not just the town of Meaford that goes all the way up to like Anne and Leith and everything, right, since the amalgamation. So the harbor is just a small portion of our museum. So we do have like our history of fishing and the fishing competitions that used to happen here at the harbor all the time. We were known worldwide back in the 1920s and 30s for the fishing competitions that would happen. And it was like the place to be to come here and fish. But prior to that, the harbor was the only method of transportation for anything to get to Meaford when it was being settled. I think Charles Rankin started it, they surveyed the land in 1832, and then it was around 1835 that the first settlers came into Meaford, but they came by boat. There was no way of coming across from anything. They didn't have the roads or anything at that point. The harbor was the way to get the settlers here to get the industry here to get food to get there was no train stations nothing so it became the way of life that everybody came into what they called um, Peggy's Landing originally they nicknamed okay. it that because of David Miller and Peggy Miller they came in I think it was 1839 and they came right into the harbor and then they built their log cabin right there okay and that's how they nicknamed it as it Peggy's Landing, because everybody would land there when they came into the harbor. It was right in that spot where they were. So they then built all the industry around the harbor. So all the grain elevators, the um, coal and everything, all the stuff that they needed was coming there. Hotels were all around the harbor area because people were coming by boats. So we have the link to the harbor, mm -hmm. but it's more so about the people and the industry and how it led to Meaford, right? So we're right. not so much about the boats, and but it's more so about after they got here by the boat and came by that, then what did they do, right? So I we see. tell sort of more the story of the settlers and what did they do when they got here and how did they survive and what were they doing for entertainment? What were they doing to create businesses and get schools going and educate people and kind of those things, so. It's interesting too, uh, you know, to think of, of life in Ontario at that time when water was the highway, 
Like that was, that was the only way to get around. It's, it's a neat point exactly. you bring up for sure about that. So if you, uh, if you had friends come to the museum or you had family come to the museum, um, what exhibits stick out in your mind? What, what would you want to show somebody or would you suggest somebody like you have to see this at the museum? Um, I have two personal favorites at the museum. The first is our speaker's chair, which we're very, very proud of. It was from 1911, and it is the chair that the tradition at the speaker's house was that the speaker would have their initials engraved into their chair and the year that they were in term there. And after their four years of service, they got to take their chair home with them. So when you see our speaker's chair, it's very elaborate. It's a hand-carved wooden chair with green velvet. It's like beautiful chair. And our speaker's chair, he got to take it home with him. Now, he lived in Meaford, or in Markdale, sorry, in Markdale. So he wasn't a Meaford person, but we were the only museum in the area at the time. So Grey Roots hadn't been established. And the family um, donated it to us. And we had, I think it was our second year that we were, I was here working. I had the archives in Ottawa actually call me asking about this chair. And at that point I was like, yep, it's a speaker's chair. It's great. You know, and they were like, do you realize what you have? And I'm like, I have a speaker's chair. Yep. <laughs> and then I was like, okay. So then I learned the whole history of it, which was mind blowing. So now it's like in a place of honor in our front right. lobby. So we learned about the history of how every four years they got to take it home with them. So when our, um, speaker took his chair home his kids were climbing all over it like it was just a piece <laughs> of furniture right and it was the second last chair that got to go home and they said they've got stories of some of the chairs that were just burned for firewood oh wow so they've lost it like they said it's just was like oh so it was kind of a neat little honor to say yes we, we have yeah that. very cool incredible yeah and then our other second cool thing that i love showing people is our satchel that reportedly belonged to Louis Riel. So we've had it on display and then we put it back into our safe for this year, but it'll come back on display next year. But it's a beautiful deer hide bag. It's from the Métis beading and everything. It was sent to the ROM and it was dated for specifically, it was Métis, it was from Louis Riel's time. We just don't have 100% confirmation right. of the provenance. All we have is Mr. Singh who donated it, who started our museum as well was an avid historian, collected everything. His provenance to the bag was that this bag was given by Louis Riel to his hangman as his payment oh, okay. to, to make it a swift and um, successful hanging. Wow. So, which is really cool. And we're like, this is great. So we haven't been able to confirm that, hmm. but everything else that Singh has in our collection has all been like proven. So we're kind of right. leaning towards that chances are this is but it's absolutely gorgeous like wow. we actually had two um sisters who are in their 70s come from alberta last week to our museum and specifically saying we need to see the bag i was like okay well it's, it's not on display but i'll go get it for you so they were so honored that they could put on their white gloves and i got to show it to them and they were just like the one sister was like i'm having goosebumps like this is just absolutely incredible to think that he touched it and i kept saying wow. i'm like Allegedly touched it. Allegedly. <laughs> Guaranteed that this was like, a, let's go, let's be clear. But, you know, and she had done all this research and she said the same. She goes, from everything we can see, like, it sounds like this is true. And I said, well, until we have absolute proof, we can't guarantee. Yeah. But it's still an amazing artifact to be able to touch and just feel like, wow, you're really touching a piece of history here that 
Really, and 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 Canadian history in general, like it's such a such a wide reaching. The whole Louis Riel story is so wide reaching and still touching us today. So that's uh, exactly what a yeah. unique artifact to have for sure. So I understand, Jody, that uh, that Meaford Museum is part of a group of museums in Southern Georgian Bay. I believe it's actually called the Small Museums of Southern Georgian Bay Group. What what is what is that all about uh, for for people interested in local history? We've been a part of um, another trail that was called the Apple Pie Trail that goes along Georgian Bay. And it was great at just kind of connecting people in the Apple industry, not just the museum, but also like business and that. And for years, I thought we need to start connecting our small museums along Georgian Bay, like from Collingwood all the way up to Owen Sound, because we're the smaller ones. We're not the forgotten ones, but we're the smaller ones that have different problems from like the larger museums. Right. Like we have different issues. We have different yeah. yeah different adventures compared yes. to the others, right? So for years, I thought, oh, there's got to be a way that we can all connect just to be able to talk about our things that are going on and be able to cross-promote each other because we're all in the tourism industry, not just the history, right? Like we're trying right. to of course. bring more people that we can get in, the better. So we need to work together. So it was a couple of years ago that the then curator at Craig Leeds Museum, Andrea Wilson, and I were talking and we decided we're going to get everybody on Zoom and we're just going to start meeting once a month and just be like, here you go. Here's your platform to just speak out. Let's see what we can do. What is everybody doing so we can tell other visitors to go down the road, head on to Craig Lee, head on to Collingwood, go to Billy Bishop Museum and try to sort of get people going further, right? Because generally when they come to a museum, they're history lovers. They're not here because they have to be here. They're coming for a specific reason that they love museums. They love all the things that museums have to offer. So we started it. It was perfect. It was a great resource for all of us to really tap into, to get expertise from other ones, just saying different things. But then this year, I was so excited. We So we actually created our Ultimate Small Museums Road Trip Passport this year, which is a brochure that you can... Yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I got it right here. <laughs> Excellent. So what we've done was we have... There's seven museums, so it goes from us to Sheffield Park Black History and Cultural Museum, Craig Lee Heritage Depot, the Collingwood Museum, Southbury Museum in Flesherton, Billy Bishop Museum, and the Marine and Rail Waterfront Museum in Owen Sound. So you can follow all the way along the path of Southern Georgian Bay. And we've got our brochure that we hand out to everybody, and this year we've done an incentive to get them to go to each one. And as they go to each museum, they get a stamp. And then if they fill up their card, they get entered into an incredible draw that we're got some great prizes to come into it. Awesome. And it's been really great. It's been our first year doing this and we've had really great feedback from it. And a lot of people actually following the trail now and going, Oh, I didn't know there was a museum over here. And so we're really cross promoting each other and we really try to make sure that when we're handing this out saying, yeah, if you go there, you know, they have this on exhibit. So like you loved this here, go over here now because they've got that. So we're trying to integrate everything. It, it is very interesting. And like you said, I mean, small museums, you might as well be working with each other, not against, because you're all in the same boat. And exactly. And uh, it's, it's such a unique thing. And I, having done this work, I do. I love the small museums. I mean, you just, you just find people in small museums that are so passionate about history. Yes. Like, yep. you, you, you know, you do in the big ones too, but the small ones, there just seems to be a certain, certain love there that you can just like feel when you come in. Um, okay. So I understand, Jody, that Meaford has a 150th anniversary coming up next year. 
So yeah, so next year is our 150th. So we've got lots of really cool things planned here at the museum to celebrate it. We've got new exhibits that are going to be coming up and more, our big project that we're so excited to release on March 11th next year on the birthday is we have been working for the past year on a map that is going through every single building downtown and in the surrounding area as far back as we can possibly go. So we have some buildings that are back in like 1850s and we're listing every business and owner that was in those buildings oh, wow. right up to current. It's going to be a living document, but it's going to be, we've got so much information in it already and it's a great resource for our researchers that come in and as well as ourselves. But yeah. We're reaching out to the public saying, fill in the gaps for us because there's so many things that we don't know. It's going to have photos. It's going to have stories. And the best part is it's going to be accessible online. As a walking tour, click on the building. Oh, and it's nice. Everything chronologically that was ever in that building, photos, whatever we can pile into this, we're going to like fill it. So it's going to be a great tool that eventually, we're hoping by March, maybe more so in the summer next year but the map yeah. will be ready as of march 11th but in the summer we're hoping to have it set up as a walking tour so that you can wow. just just ride it all the way around the entire area of meaford not just downtown but also like sort of the other areas outside and because all along the water there was like mills and different things and famous homes and that we're going to try to put in there as well so so much input from the public already that people are just donating photos and stories and kind of telling us, oh, I remember my great uncle was over here and he had this business here. And we're like, again, we never knew. Like, how is that right. not on the records, right? Which is incredible. So this is going to be like a gold mine of information, but we're quite wow. excited for it. Yeah. That, that's really neat. And and it's like you said, it's a discovery for, for the museum as well about some of this history, as well as people who will discover it. And, exactly. and being a walking tour, like that's so neat because that's history, history you're doing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's such a... If only there was a local magazine that could maybe cover that, because that sounds mm, that <laughs> a local history magazine. <laughs> sounds like an upcoming story. Yes. <laughs> so, so when I was there, uh, well, I've been there a couple of times. But one thing about the museum is, like we talked about, it's on the water. Um, if somebody's coming from out of town, what what else could uh, could people do there along the water? Um, we're so fortunate that where we're located, we have two beaches literally within walking distance from our museum itself. So if you like came to us first, it's incredible that you can just go like left or right and you're off to a different beach depending where you want to go. Um, we have beautiful sunsets here, absolutely stunning just down the street from us. Lots of people sit on the rock wall and it's just absolutely gorgeous, the sunsets, like you can't beat it. Of course, we have our fishing, naturally. There's so much to do here. Like we're, Meaford is kind of a, a hidden gem i find which is being discovered more and more which is great we kind of consider ourselves on the culture block because just down the road is the meaford hall cultural center where they have all the live concerts and and shows theater everything and there's also the art gallery in there currently they have the tom thompson art gallery display is on loan there okay. and it's free so it's phenomenal that we're just in the center of everything right here. And then we're like a block away from walking downtown to all the stores. Like, it's just incredible. And we have our beautiful Joe Park, which you'll learn about the history of beautiful Joe, the dog, the book that was written by Margaret Marshall Saunders. We have the exhibit here and we talk to people about the whole history of it and what happened with it. 
But then we send people on their way to go to the beautiful Joe Park to learn more about it and to tour it and to see where his Karen is that the dog is buried at, the house that he was found at, and all the history over there. Like we're just full of history here. So, so really, yeah. it's it's almost uh, somebody could almost park their car or camper or something and spend the whole day and grab some lunch down there and really have Absolutely. a nice family family day for sure. And people do that all the time. We have people just saying, "Oh, I'm just going to stay here," and then we kind of like guide them off in every direction and say here you go like you don't have to move your car till you go home tonight it's free parking and yeah and lots of it i noticed exactly and you're right on the water like how can you go wrong that it's just yeah and everything's within walking distance so it's fantastic yeah yeah Yeah, you you really can't go wrong so uh so jody what are what are the hours of the museum when are you open and uh you know what's what's going on there right now is there any special events coming up or, or um so we are open until i believe october We'll be open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4. Around the end of October, we convert to our winter hours. So then it'll be usually it's Thursday through Saturday, 10 to 4. But we still are accepting um, researchers because we have a research and genealogy room that's accessible to the public. So we do take bookings on the days off that we're not open to the public, that people can still come in and access everything. We have our scavenger hunt going on daily here for adults and kids alike for learning about our artifacts. And we find it's a great way to entertain the kids when the parents are coming through and want to actually study the actual artifacts. Um, We actually just had a family two weeks ago. Their older sons were in the sailing camp that's just down the road from us. And it was a five-day camp. So they drove from Owen Sound every day dropped the two kids off and then their two young kids came with the mom every day for five days straight and they did the scavenger hunt <laughs> there's 115 clues they have to do before they could get the prize they came back every day and on the friday they completed 115 clues and they were the very first people that wow. completed our scavenger hunt it was huge that's phenomenal it was, it was and they were just blown away and then the next week, they came back with their older siblings so that they could do the scavenger hunt because they <laughs> just talked about it wow. all the time. And the brothers were like, we need to do this too. But that was an example of somebody coming, parking in the morning and was here all day until the camp was done. And she just walked with her stroller and her other younger son all over town. And she said it was the best town she's ever been in for that. Like That's awesome. So that was a great example of how you can do that. You can spend your entire day outdoors for like a week straight and not be bored. And she said she still missed stuff when she came back the next week. She's like, we never even did this. So yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a win on so many levels. You know, you had kids in here, you had uh, people coming from the area that didn't even realize, uh, you know, and, and as well, they were supporting, like you said, the the sailing camp and and I'm sure they grabbed Mm -hmm. a snack at some point. So it's, it's all. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's great. Yeah. Great. Well, I certainly encourage anybody listening to, uh, Go visit Jody. She would be more than happy to uh, talk to you and show you around the museum and uh, show you all that Meaford has to offer. And uh, just want to thank you for joining us today on the podcast, Jody. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. This is great. Well, that's all the time we have for today's episode of the Marathon of History podcast. And as always, I really appreciate you listening. And I can't emphasize enough that a visit to the Meaford Museum or a visit to any of the museums in the small museums of Southern Georgia Bay Group is definitely worthwhile. Um, you know, those are they're small museums and they're staffed with people who really want one thing, and that is preserving local history. And they're very passionate about the work they do. And, you know, it's certainly, it's just a great experience for anybody who is a history fan. Um, And it's a great family experience. Any one of these museums, you know, you can go in and and they're going to take the time to really 
explain to you anything you want to know about the exhibits or the area and they're going to answer all your questions and they're going to be very happy to do it just like Jody is um, you know the first time I was at the museum in Meaford she took so much time to you know walk through the exhibits with me and just answer all the questions I had and uh, it was just a really really fantastic experience overall so I can't uh, I can't recommend these museums enough to history fans and just people interested in sort of the local Grey Bruce area um, you know where where we came from and you know to some degree where we're going so thank you again for listening to the Marathon of History podcast and one little reminder is the fall issue of Marathon of History magazine is due out before too long so your eye on the marathonofhistory.ca website for more information on that and again i thank you all for listening and truly appreciate each and every person that takes the time to listen to the marathon of history podcast have a great day and have a great week